Welcome to Stork Storytime Talks with the North Liberty Library. Are you expecting or thinking of starting a family? If so, this podcast is for you. Delivering literacy one topic at a time. This episode is sponsored by Mercy Iowa City. We invite you to like and subscribe to our Talks podcast wherever you listen. B is for B. Sounding out the letters in a word is a great way to learn new words, and knowing more words makes it easier for children when they're learning to read. I'm Jen, and today we're talking about the early literacy skill of vocabulary, why children need to know it, and how caregivers and libraries support that learning. Our guest is Tracy Clare, Youth Services Librarian at the Ely Public Library. Welcome to the podcast, Tracy. Thanks, Jen. Would you please tell us about yourself and what you do at the library? Sure. I am the Children's Services Librarian, and I do, from birth through age 18, working with children. Uh, And our library has a special early literacy emphasis, so we do a lot of things with pre-kindergarten children especially. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for being with us today. Vocabulary is one of the early literacy skills that kids need to learn to be prepared to learn to read and write when starting school. Can you talk a little bit more about what this uh, literacy skill means? When I think of it, I think about before a child can read, a child has to talk. And um, there's so many things we can do to make our, our babies become great at vocabulary and able to talk and the biggest thing that we always want to do is talk to them especially talking to them like like we're having a conversation with them when they do their babbling back and forth they're they're practicing learning uh, how to talk with us and it's been research has shown that the more words that children know when they begin to start reading the quicker they'll be able to learn to read It's kind of a domino effect. And so why, and you kind of mentioned that, why do kids need to learn that skill? It makes reading um, that much more relevant to them. So um, just we talk to them and we tell them what things are and and the more that we do that, the better they're able to read. And the bigger vocabulary that they have, the the better they're able to communicate and express their own ideas and not just for reading. Right, exactly. And um, this isn't um, a particularly difficult um, literacy skill to understand, like vocabulary is knowing the names of things and the meaning of what those words are, but it is so very important for children to have this skill so they are prepared uh, to learn to read and write. Absolutely, and the repetition is a big thing too. Over and over again, when we're saying the same words, eventually it's going to click with them that they they learn what we're saying. So, how do kids learn this skill? What are, can you give us some examples for our listeners? Like, how does a child learn the learn vocabulary? Sure, there's a lot of things. As I mentioned, talking to the children and discussing things with them. Um, another another thing that besides reading to them, obviously is very important and letting the children know that we're paying attention to them. And I, I need to go backwards. I I forgot playing little games with them, such as the peekaboo and the just little things that show them that parents can be fun and have fun with them. Singing is, an, is another. Singing, that is the one that I, that I was trying to think of. Sure. The more singing um, that they do, 
uh, because that is all vocabulary and learning words. And there might be some different words that they haven't heard before in songs that you don't have a normal conversation. Right. And one other thing I should mention is that we've been told that parents don't read nursery rhymes to kids as much as they used to. And the nursery rhymes are so good because of the rhyming. And that is another thing that before they learn to read, they learn the importance of those rhyming skills. That's that's a great point. What can um, expecting parents and caregivers who are going to be um, having like newborn babies in their care, uh, what can they do to prepare uh, for baby's arrival? Sure. Well, it's it's sometimes a joke, but reading to the children before uh, they're born, they they hear parents' voice, and so then at when they're born they'll already have practice with that listening. That's true. And singing their ABCs, because they're able to hear like in their last trimester. So if you're, if you're reading stories or singing to them, they can hear that. They're hearing those words. Um, also like having books at home, is that they can prepare for baby's arrival by having books already in the home? Absolutely. Yes. Um, and there's been research on that, too, that the more books are in people's homes, the faster children become readers. And they see that as part of their normal everyday Correct. routine. Exactly. That reading is important. It's valued at home. Seeing their caregiver or parent or adult in the home read models good behavior for them as well. Absolutely. So after baby arrives, then what can parents and caregivers do to help build that vocabulary skill? I already mentioned the the singing, uh, the ABCs and the nursery rhymes, and uh, I've heard with doing re- research um, for this podcast that um, encouraging children to learn their native language or home language, if it's something other than English, um, is is a good skill. It's good that parents and caregivers do that so that um, the children can pick that up more easily. They hear the words in in that native language, and so that's very important for them to do. When they're talking to children in positive and conversational ways, that's always good to give them good feedback when they're doing something that is good. And, uh, and not like just giving them commands. So you would talk with them like an adult. Right. Like, this is what you're doing and this is a great thing. And yeah, just like you would talk to an adult. Um, another example, I think, is pointing out words that you see around you. Does that help with the vocabulary skill? Absolutely. Um, And you can do that anywhere. You can do that in the grocery store when you can point out the road signs. Um, All all of those are good ways to just practice those things. And that might not come naturally to people, especially in the beginning as a new parent with your first one, because um, although you may talk to yourself, you may not, you know, like carrying that conversation on, people may not understand the importance even from the very beginning of doing that with their youngest kids. And I, I have to admit, I had trouble with that um, as a, a parent because I felt like I felt silly. But I just kept reminding myself that this is good for the baby. And of course, we always want to do what's good for our babies. Mm-hmm. And um, I agree with you, too. The more that you do it, the more comfortable you get. And it might seem silly at first, just like reading out loud. Like if you start doing that before they arrive, you get comfortable reading out loud. And then it's just a natural 
um, segue. It's a habit you've developed and established and you're ready to go after they arrive. You've kind of got your story voice down and um, feel comfortable with the books that you have. People may not have those board books initially. So getting used to that. So I think, as you said, just talking um, in conversational tones to your children as much as you can is very important. Um, explaining the meaning of new words as well so and uh, that is something I do in story time as well if there's a if there's a particularly difficult word word I might stop and ask the children so what does what does that mean to you or or I might just explain it right off Um, and and yeah that's great for for young ones too just to let them know this is what we mean by this Right, and um, high-frequency words, uh, which are words that are most commonly used to make up a lot of, of words that when children are reading, that's important to, to talk about some of those high-frequency words or share that with your children. Right, right. Um, other things that um, expecting or, or new parents and caregivers can do, um, like after the baby arrives, like clapping out the syllables to the words, do they do that in story times? Oh, yes, yep. Um, and we also we also do a um, what we call an alphabet art, where it's still young, like three and two year olds, but we do a lot of of singing of the ABCs. In fact, one of the things that we've done that was that was suggested was to change the tune of the ABCs because they hear the letters differently. So we do that with them, and we we sing a phonics song, a lot of, a lot of different ways to hear the same things. And uh, with that, then we'll keep saying the same letter over and over again. And we'll ask them to what words they know that start with that letter. And by doing that week after week after week, that's the real, the real um, what does it. Because I, I see kids, they come in at the beginning and don't really understand. But by the end of the alphabet, Wow, they have got it down. <laughs> they they can tell me every every letter. They can tell me what it starts with, and it's just really fun to see, even at, at, as young as two and three, how they pick that up. Their their minds are just sponges. Mm-hmm. That's important, and that repetition, as you said, is key. Um, it's all right to read the same books over and over. That same vocabulary, it still is reinforced for them. Right, and that reminds me of. A thousand books before kindergarten. A lot of libraries have that program, and that's one thing we try and tell people is, you know, if you read that book ten times, which is what they want you to do, you count that book ten times. It matters. That's a great point. That's a great point, and it doesn't matter what you read either. It's just that you read. So you can read uh, fiction books, nonfiction books. I like wordless books because the story can change. Every time you tell it, it involves the child like pointing out things and, and what do you think that bunny's doing or right that again that's that conversation that is so important. And I like to share with um, parents or caregivers that come into the library if um, they're struggling to get their child to read or to be able to increase their vocabulary. I encourage them to listen to audiobooks. Yes, I, I myself am a fan, a big fan of audiobooks and there is just something kind of melodic about being able to look at the pictures and read the um, and hear someone read the books. Mm-hmm. And that's a great opportunity to increase um, it and um, have them hear other words that they may not normally hear again in normal conversation is, is listening to that audio book and um, might get them interested then in the actual book as well. Right. 
So can you share with us how um, libraries help children learn those skills? We've kind of already talked about that a little bit as we've been discussing this um, at libraries, but specifically if uh, families aren't coming to the library currently, um, you know, what can they expect if they stop in? And how can libraries help the, them and their children with the, that vocabulary? That is one of my favorite things about <clears throat> the Thousand Books Before Kindergarten initiative is that parents who are working nine to five, Monday through Friday, aren't able to hit as many of those early literacy activities. And the thousand books before kindergarten, they can take that home, do it at home, bring it back on the nights and the weekends. And uh, we give them feedback or even just giving the children that attention. For us, it's, it's, it's mostly about, oh, you read uh, 200 books, you know? And that's so fun to them to realize that they've, they've met this wonderful goal mm -hmm. and uh, and then they get a sticker it's it's and of course parents could do that on their own they wouldn't have to do it through the library they could they could set goals of how many books are we going to read tonight and, and then um, maybe a little bit off the topic but I would I would um, encourage parents to be patient because it can be so hard <laughs> to read those same books over and over again and I took care of a, a maybe 12 or 13 month old and she wanted Sandra Boynton's dinosaurs book read over and over and over again <laughs> and I I don't know what it was but something about that book she was hearing something mm -hmm. trying to master something that was important to her and so I, I gave her a limit of okay and it was more for <laughs> myself than anything like we will read that book 10 times a day and then <laughs> you'll have to come back tomorrow to read right. it again. Um, <laughs> But as I look back on it, I think there was something ticking along in her mind that she needed to keep hearing that book to grab something that was going on. Right. And I think it's important to form those positive memories and reinforcements. So she's always going to remember having that book read to her. Right. And so I think that's important, too, is that you don't want um, either like learning vocabulary or, or reading to become a chore. Right. Or to not be fun for them. And thank you for mentioning that, mentioning that, because I... Something that I try and let parents know whenever I can is if they want to flip that book three pages ahead and hear you read there, let them do it. It doesn't have to be read front to back. If they're on your lap and they're starting to um, try and get down, let them get down. I, I've seen, especially older parents, maybe want to force them to sit and read the book like it's teaching them attention. Right. Uh, but for for us, it's all about making it an enjoyable ex experience rather than trying to teach some kind of lesson. Exactly. So that's a good point. So if it's at the beginning, just a few minutes, it will over time increase as their ability um, increases. We we have parents too who come, or my child's not old enough to come to story time, or they won't be able to sit still. Well, that's okay. You're still coming to the library. They know you're making that trip. Whether you make it through that opening welcome song, that's great. Maybe the next week or the next month, then you know they're able to handle this the first story, and and that's okay. Exactly. I I always try and tell parents it's gradual. They might not make it through any of the first one, mm -hmm. um, but the more you expose them to it, the the more it's going to mean to them. 
That's true. That's great. And over summer is a big time, I think, where libraries as well, like throughout the years, you mentioned we're doing story times and, and offer programs and um, have books, of course, year round for them uh, to help increase their vocabulary. But uh, summer is a special time for libraries uh, with many of them offer the summer reading programs. And um, Ely does that as well. Yes, Ely does as well. And we do a program for children that are younger than two um and that's the first thing we hear out of people's mouths is oh well my child isn't old enough for the summer reading program but we we focus with these two and under programs building literacy skills or learning how to read skills um more so it might be things like singing a song with your child having a conversation things that that will build those very early learning blocks that's great to point out. It's all it's building blocks, and so um, it's not just sitting down and reading a book, as you mentioned, front to cover. It's um, making a trip to the library, or sing the ABCs, or or blow bubbles, or learn a, a nursery rhyme. It's all those beginning things that help build. Exactly. And congratulations to the Ely Public Library. They recently won the Iowa Literacy Award. Yes, thank you. Can you share with our listeners what that was for? Yes. Um, another is- initiative of the library is to of our library is to stop what is called by educators as the summer slide and so what that refers to is when children get done over the summer particularly like let's say kindergarten first second graders they get done over the summer and if they're not practicing their reading um, they will come back in the next grade and have forgotten some of the things that they learn. And so teachers will have to spend maybe up to three months reteaching some of those things. And we know how um, tight schools are for time these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our, we are focused on making sure that they just keep their skills up f- for the summer and it makes it a much easier transition uh, into the new school year. And the way that we do that is we, we have around 15 children come in every day and volunteers 15 different children Mm -hmm. so so we we hit about maybe 60 or a little more and um, they will have volunteers so we also get our community involved and the volunteers listen to the children read maybe talk to them about what they're reading give them some feedback and so it's it's just really good on so many levels that's wonderful. That's such a great impact, um, helping them to increase their vocabulary as well, maintain their reading levels, if not probably improve them. Exactly, yes. That's awesome. So before we end, would you mind sharing a favorite story time memory or book with us? Certainly. Um, my favorite memory is reading to my son as a very little baby, um, sitting down around 7.30 at night and reading the Dr. Seuss's sleep book. Some of you might know that just as being Dr. Seuss fans. And if you've ever really stopped and read it, it's very kind of monotonous, uh, talking about how they put people to sleep. So, and with funny letters, funny words, I mean. And you, you, uh, you I just spent time reading it to my son and it would go maybe five or 10 pages and he'd be asleep. Mm-hmm. But there was something just so, I don't know, soothing about it that I would just 
keep reading it and it became kind of a routine for us and after 14 years you know those are the kinds of things you remember so. sure well that's a great memory thank you so much for sharing that with us thank you. that's a great book uh, big fans of dr seuss so yes <laughs> well thank you tracy we enjoyed talking with you about the vocabulary early literacy skill why it's important for children to know and how caregivers and libraries support their learning thank you so much for inviting me to be here this is the Stork Storytime Talks podcast from the North Liberty Library, and today we talked with our friend Tracy from the Ely Public Library. Visit their website at ely.lib.ia.us to find out more about their programming and services. Thanks again to our sponsor, Mercy Iowa City.